Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. In a province where scores of schools desperately need upgrades, maintenance and repairs, the Eastern Cape Department of Education has had to forfeit 100 million rand intended for infrastructural development because it was not able to spend the money within the financial year. Adding insult to injury, the money that we didn't spend is being redirected to two of South Africa's wealthiest provinces, Gauteng and the Western Cape. Executive Director of NAPTOSA, Basil Manuel, joining us today. Basil, what do you make of all this? Good morning. Good morning, Darren. Darren, it's a crime against our children. Honestly, it speaks to inefficiency. It speaks to the inability of people to see what the real crisis is in the country. Now, the Eastern Cape is not the only province. However, focusing on the Eastern Cape, given its backlogs, given the the fact that they have been battling for years just to address mud schools and ablutions, etc., not that 100 million will fix it all, but it will certainly go a distance, particularly when you add into that toxic mix, the fact that there are so many schools that have been damaged by uh, the vagaries of climate, um, it is it is unforgivable that we would send money back. I'm not uh, unhappy that it goes to a province like Gauteng or the Western Cape because they've proven that they are efficiently spending the money. And uh, what we don't want to, what we don't want to see is that it goes back into treasury and it is then redirected into something outside of education. So on the one hand, I am saying, thank heavens it is being spent in provinces where there are also needs, or be they far less than the Eastern Cape, but the Eastern Cape cannot afford to do this. And Basil, it's not the first time the provinces had to forfeit its grant allocation. Last year, the department forfeited a sum of 200 million rand because it was unable to spend that Darren is an annual song that we sing. In fact, I can script it now for you for next year this time. Uh, Annually, uh, we hear the same stories. When we go to the Headcom Finance Subcommittee, on which we we sit as unions, we hear the same refrain. Oh, we, we don't have uh, sufficient approvals done in time. We don't have the the, uh, the 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 staffing that can ensure that projects come to pass, etc. We've been hearing this for five years and more. So why aren't you putting those structures in place? And if you don't have the personnel in your office, why aren't we employing personnel from private institutions to get this ball rolling so that we spend the money? Yes, we'll have to spend some of that money on those private organizations, but it's still better than losing the entire chunk. Basil, given the fact that it's education, you would imagine that all role players, governments, unions, teachers, parents, and Naptosa would be looking for a solution. Where is it breaking down? There are some things that we don't have sight of until they happen, and this is one of them. We get reports. We we don't have an entitlement to sit in those other structures because they are uh, are purely driven by by your employees within the department. So it breaks down when the department doesn't have foresight, when the department doesn't ensure that all its ducks are in a row. When you consider that um, the very same province a few years ago 
when it did have money that it couldn't spend in time, it, uh, under Mr. Khojana, uh, cleverly then redirected that money to all the schools to ensure that schools are able to ensure that every school has a laptop so that the schools could communicate within the structure of the broader department. Now, I'm not saying... Uh, redirect money into such things as a matter of course. But what we are saying, the writing should be on the wall early. Four, five months before you reach the end of, of a financial year that you will be unable to spend the money. Then you need to start making alternate plans, get the necessary permissions to redirect, even if we looked at schools that have the uh, the ability, like Gauteng did, the ability to uh, upgrade infrastructure, to add classrooms, etc., and give them the money to because they have governing bodies that are functional and let them do it, as opposed to jumping through all the hoops that I know provinces must jump through. There are many, many ways to begin dealing with this crisis rather than just rolling over and playing dead and handing over 200 million or 100 million, as in this year, year's case, and then saying we couldn't manage to use it. If you were able to wave a magic wand, Give us one or two examples of how you would make sure we don't sit with this problem next year again, Basil. Get your appointment structures right. If we know we are dealing with infrastructure, we know that we have to have certain types of surveyors so that they can cost uh, things out. See that we have our projects lined up and ensure that the projects we have lined up are at the place of the execution beginning. You then won't run into trouble. You can't start a project the day you get the finances. We must have done the project planning ahead of time. And that is what I would do. This year, spend planning for next year so that when that money Money arrives, we know exactly where it's going to go. And even though that money may not cover the entire uh, project, the following year you will top it up. And that is the only way to work. You can't plan in the year that the money arrives. As time passes, uh, vandalism, depreciation, wear and tear cause infrastructure to get damaged even further. How do we get around that problem? Because ultimately it's the learners who are going to suffer. Part of the problem of centralization is that uh, departments try to do everything. I've made an example of Gauteng where uh, the past MEC had given schools that had the ability to do upgrading, etc., the physical money to do that. Of course, they have to follow certain procedures. Now, if you take that model and you refine it, you will be able to say, okay, I have 20% of my schools that can manage to upgrade themselves, etc. Now let's deal with the next 20% so that we don't have a resource that is constantly deteriorating and eventually by the time you satisfy the demands in one one corner, these have turned to dust. And that is what we have to prevent. Because infrastructure like your home has to be attended to daily, monthly, yearly, to prevent it from turning back to dust. What is your sense of it, Basil? Is there political will? 
I think we speak too much about what we want to do and what we should do in budget uh, presentations in provinces and even nationally. And we make these promises. But if we don't have the will to see that the right people are appointed, and Darren, I'm stressing the right people. There are people sitting in those jobs that are failing to do the jobs. There's no consequence management. And as a result, they will make the same mistakes again. So it, the political will has to be there to ensure that we shift those people and put the right people there so that our children stop suffering and the dignity of schooling is restored. Executive Director of NAPTOSA joining us on Behind the Herald Headlines today. Basil Manuel, have a good day. Thank you very much, Darren. You too. That was today's edition of Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann.